Hi, welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am, but first, let me tell you about the meat-tastic t-shirts I have for sale on my spring store. It's a great opportunity for you to become a walking billboard, if that's what you're into. And it's a great opportunity for you to support your new favorite podcast. You can find a link to the spring store in my bio on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I'll also put a link to the store in this video's description on YouTube. So check it out and get some carnivore swag. All right, so welcome to episode 14 of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today, I am joined by Weston Rowe. He lives in Omaha, Nebraska. He's 40 years old, and he has been thriving on raw meat for over four years. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So the first question I want to ask you is, what was your lifestyle like for the 36 years before coming to the, the way you eat now? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a pretty normal, um, grew up in the Midwest and, you know, pretty normal food growing up, you know, as kids, like we had cereal and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. Not a whole lot of junk food, but, you know, standard, lots of grains and things like that. Uh, and I always ate lots of meat, though. That's probably what kept me alive this whole time. But um, I guess you could say standard American diet growing up, um, you know, pretty normal, pretty normal upbringing. And um, as I got older, um, I did like a year of college and then I just started going to work after that. And I've just been working basically ever since. But uh, along the way in my 20s, um, well, it kind of started in my teens. I started experiencing, I guess, um, I just wasn't feeling very optimal. Um, and it was probably due to my diet, I'm guessing. But in my 20s, late 20s, uh, I started running into some kind of minor health issues like brain fog, fatigue. Uh, had some bunch of weird skin problems pop up, um, like scalp issues and eczema and, you know, stuff like that. Um, energy was real low. So I started looking into diet. I always knew that food was um really impactful on how i felt <clears throat> so i decided looking into how food could address my issues and i looked into the carnivore diet well the first thing i did was i quit gluten that was really huge quitting bread um and then i went into the carnivore diet i did cook carnivore for about a month and i was eating lots of like eggs and bacon for breakfast and steaks during the day and things like that and i felt really good on that and then i uh found some videos on raw meats on YouTube and I started looking into that and um, I started eating raw meat and I just never stopped ever since because it just made me feel really good and I never had the energy that I've ever felt before on raw meat that I've had off of cooked food so it was pretty life-changing for me so I just stuck with it and um, that's basically the short end of the story there. 
Okay. So you did carnivore all meat for a month and then you Mm -hmm. took it to the next level level. and said, I'm going to start eating this meat raw. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I never really had any fears in my life of like bacteria or parasites or anything. That wasn't really something I normally um, was scared of, I guess. And so um, I found some videos of Ajnus von der Plan. That's who was like the raw guy that brought it to the to the Western world. And he founded the uh, the primal diet is what they call it. So I saw a couple mm-hmm. videos of him. He's a really interesting guy. Um, he has some really interesting theories and he's done a bunch of really cool experiments on raw meat and things like that. Uh, he's basically like a scientist and nutritionist. So he has some really convincing videos about bacteria and parasites and how they're actually not as harmful as they say they are. And they're actually supposed to work symbiotically with our bodies. So essentially in a healthy body, you're not going to have any issues with bacteria, parasites or anything like that. So once I saw that video, that gave me the courage to kind of just really just kind of see through the veil, I guess, and jump through it and just start eating it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, learning for me, learning that the human uh, stomach pH is at a 1.5 and, you know, that's the lowest of low pretty much, you know, that with that pH, we should be able to mitigate any harmful pathogens for sure. Yeah. I, and then that, that would my guess too that was kind of like my instinct is i was like well how like how is a worm going to survive your stomach acid right if your stomach Mm -hmm. acid can dissolve bones and meat and things like that and that's just my kind of instinct not really knowing anything about science or anything like that but um then people will respond back and they'll say well there's there's worms that can uh survive stomach acid you know there's there's eggs and things like that that can survive that but but i just don't uh I don't really see any evidence that that's an issue with raw meat. You know, I've been talking to people all over the world for the past four years about it, like hundreds and thousands of people, probably at least hundreds of people that actually eat the raw meat. And I've never had anybody come to me and say, you know, I was eating raw meat and I got a bunch of parasites. You know, I've never Mm -hmm. actually heard that. You would would figure if it was a problem, like they said it would, that uh, I would have heard it at least one time. So I just think that if there's any risk there, it's, it's probably so extremely low. It's not even worth, uh, addressing. And it may be in just people that have severely bodies in the first place that videos and things like that, that the parasites are there to help uh, break down for you. So it's more of like a, a symbiotic thing that they're working with us. And, and there's also studies or there's actually uh, protocols that doctors use where it's called like Helaminthic therapy, where they actually inoculate people's guts with parasites, and it actually heals autoimmune conditions. So, there's actually more evidence, scientific evidence, that parasites actually a lack of parasites can actually lead to issues rather than like parasites themselves. Yeah, yeah, I can I can believe that. I feel like the world is like way too clean now, anyways, and it's causing people more harm than good. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, we're in a sterilized, sterilized world right now. Yes. Pretty insane. We're we're born into it. It starts in the hospital, you know? Right. It starts with our birth. It starts with our birth, you know? We're born into these sterilized hospital rooms, and it's just everything is, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, like with uh, a lot of of doctors are pushing C-sections now, too. And um, and a lot of times they aren't even necessary, but they push them like crazy, and that, that, you know, alone 
can, uh, you know, the baby needs that the biome when it comes to the, the vaginal canal, it, it um, absorbs its mother's microbiome in that way. So that can affect the baby too. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, I have two kids and when I was giving birth to my last kid, he's four now, but they wanted to wheel me out and do a, sec- a C-section. And I was like, oh my God, please just let me push, push, just let me push. And I pushed my baby out, sure. even though they were like, no, you need to have a C-section. But, you know, it's, it's proof that I was fully capable of getting him out the natural way. Yep. And I think that happens a lot. That happens so, mm-hmm. so much more now. And who knows why they're doing that? Who knows if they're just pushing it for money or whatever. But, you know, and the also, the also side effect of that is uh, I think if you have a C-section, then if you have any future children, they have to do a C-section on all the rest of them too. Oh, yeah. 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 My mom had four C-sections. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty common. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. This is not about birth, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, okay. So when you started eating raw meat, was the flavor immediately, um, uh, appealing to you? Uh, no, it wasn't. No, that's pretty, pretty common question too. And that's, it's pretty normal to be somewhat uh, averse to it at first you know especially Mm -hmm. when we're we're eating for decades we're eating all these salty seasoned sugary foods all day i think that messes up your your sort of taste buds and uh, it also messes up the biome of your mouth your oral biome and things like that so you're gonna have bacteria in your mouth that are like craving sugars and and uh, salty foods so it takes a while to kind of adjust to the new raw flavors and the new textures but um, I just kind of forced myself to it because I recognized almost like the almost like the medicinal benefits of it. As soon as I ate it, I just felt mm-hmm. awesome. And I was like, you know what? I just got to kind of force myself through this. And I knew that I would adapt over to it because it wasn't so bad to where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. It was mm-hmm. just like, um, you know, a little bit of like gagging here and there, like your body kind of mm-hmm. wants to reject it a little bit because it doesn't know what it is. And uh especially with uh, stronger foods like liver and uh, raw eggs will do that too. And when you get into the organs like brain and stuff like that, when you first eat that, that can be uh, really different, but yeah, I eventually got used to it and now I love it. I absolutely love the flavors of it. And uh, mm. I just, I lick my finger and I'm like, I catch myself doing that because I just, I like the flavors so much now. So something happens where, yeah, you can kind of train your body to go back to what I believe is our natural diet. Yeah. Okay. So how long do you feel like it took you before you were like, Oh yeah, this is the good stuff. I'm loving eating raw meat. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, it really, it kind of, um, it differs varying on what kind of food it was. So like I started out with raw steaks. So, Mm -hmm. um, I was chasing it with water at first and which isn't really a great idea because that dilutes your stomach acid and things like that, um, which I found out kind of later on. Um, and I started chasing it with raw milk after that. Uh, but I also found later on that uh, I digest my food a little bit better and I just feel better when I don't drink any liquids with my food at all. So, but while I was doing that, it kind of helped me get it down. 
and um with the beef like the raw beef i don't know it probably took me Uh oh i lost you used to it probably i was actually like really enjoying it did you you got me yes okay yeah i got you so with the beef it took you how long yeah it took me maybe like a couple weeks uh to a month to kind of get used to it so i really enjoyed it but it's really it's really slow and gradual it's hard it's hard to say oh there was like a certain day where i just all of a sudden loved it it was really gradual i just kind of gradually over the course of the last or over probably the first year started enjoying it but liver took me a while i gagged on liver for for probably months Mm. but uh i just kind of developed little techniques where i would cut the liver into little pieces and just kind of swallow them whole stuff like that yeah uh, do you feel like you had trouble eating enough food at first because it wasn't going down so easy? Um, not really, because like I said at the beginning, it wasn't like so bad where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to draw liver mm-hmm. or anything. I just started out with just straight up raw beef. And it's really like raw beef is really not a whole lot different than eating a steak. I mean, the flavor is like yeah. really similar. You'd be surprised. So um, a lot of people, I think it's just in our heads and it's more of just like, uh, it's a mind over matter thing. A hundred percent. Cause like, once you get into it, you're like, wow, there's, there's really nothing to it. Like the flavors of raw meat are actually outside the organs. They're really bland. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the absolute like definition of what, what bland is bland is like no seasoning, just very plain. And most raw meat tastes like that. So if you can just get used to eating uh, the, the bland flavors, which most people can, it's really easy. But uh, a lot of people have like texture issues. They say it's like the texture, the sliminess, things mm-hmm. like that. That may be something uh, a little harder to get over, but I never had that texture issue personally. Um, what about temperature? What temperature do you usually eat at your, or eat the meat? What, what temperature is your meat? Usually just uh, room temp. So okay. I'll get up in the morning and I'll just, uh, I'll make my meals or I'll just, I don't even have to make them. I just set my meals on the counter for the day at the beginning of the day. So I got my yeah. lunch and dinner set out there. By the time I eat it, it's probably sitting at 70 degrees or 75 degrees. Okay. All right. Um, what about chewing? Can it, I would think raw meat is a lot tougher was that something you had to you had to navigate also? Um, it again depends on like the cut. So some cuts are really hard. Like uh, brisket is really tough, and so is beef heart. Those are probably the two of. And you just got to cut those ease. You don't really have to chew your food. So um, that's an interesting thing I found. You can almost just like eat like a dog. Mm. So you can just eat these big chunks of it and just swallow it down. And it goes down in your throat really easily because it's naturally sort of like slimy and, and soft. And so it doesn't really, I've never, uh, I've never choked on it. I've gotten close where I've eaten like too big of a chunk and mm-hmm. I almost start. But uh, it always went down. So I think it's like almost impossible to choke on raw meat. Like when you see people choking on food, it's like 100% time it's always cooked food because it's really dry and, and it's hard to get down. And really, um, uh, yeah, it's really dry. But um, 
but yeah, I mean, if you can just cut it into small pieces and what I do is I just chew it two or three times and swallow it down. Like you don't really need to chew it a whole lot. And I think there's some studies or, or Ogenis, uh, did mention that, um, your oral biome can compete with your stomach biome. So it's probably better not to chew your food a whole lot anyways, because then you're going to mm. get competing bacteria going on. So, and it makes sense when you see like natural, uh, you know, carnivores, like uh, dogs or any kind of uh, meat eaters, they just, they grab big chunks of it and they really just gulp it down. And I think mm-hmm. that's the way we're supposed to eat. Yeah. But you can't so do that I... with cooked food. Right. Right. Um, I saw a video of your dogs eating their meal and um, it was all raw. Uh, did you bring them up on raw food? Have they always eaten raw food? They, so they started eating raw when I started eating raw. Okay. So I had them for about a year at that point. So they were one year old, still, still pups, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they got uh, pretty decent food growing up from zero to one. Like uh, I fed them like the, the best kibble you can get if there is such a thing. Um, and then after yeah. kibble, before they went raw, I switched them over to this really good, um, like wet canned food where it was like a lot of meat, like turkey and chicken and stuff like that. So they were eating like wet canned food, which was cooked, but uh, it was still meat for probably six months before they went raw. And then they just went raw the same time I did. Did they have trouble with like getting used to it, like textures or like not liking it at all? No, they loved it. They okay. absolutely loved it right off the bat. They never had any issues digestively. They never had issues uh, eating it. They instinctively knew exactly how to crunch the bones up and swallow them. Yeah. Like it was really cool to watch. Okay. Yeah. I have a, German Shepherd and she's she just turned a year a few months ago I was like okay well I'm gonna start giving her raw chicken like they have these leg quarters at the grocery store and they're super cheap so I I tried to get her to eat them and I kept offering to her but she'd kind of play with it kind of shake it around and I was kind of like I wonder if she feels like the flesh feels like my flesh and she's afraid to bite it but she just let it rot in the backyard. And it's like, oh, man, Storm, what are you doing? Um, huh. But I found that if I if I kind of halfway seared it, she would eat it. But I, I don't know. I kind of feel like she's just a picky dog because she'll eat raw ground oh. beef fine. But like chicken oh, on the really? bone, she was just like, nope, I won't do it. How, how old is your dog? She just turned one. Uh, like last month. Oh, so she's still a pup. Yeah. So there wouldn't be any like conditioning from her eating like kibble for too long or anything that would cause that. Yeah. She's had, she, from, from the time we got her, she's had very little kibble. Like I, I would just like boil a chicken and give her all the chicken and she would eat that. Um, and then like now we have two dogs, so we have introduced some kibble, but she won't touch the kibble. She's like, nope, I'm not eating that. So she's, she's definitely conditioned to want meat. Um, yeah. So yeah. she'll eat the raw beef, but the raw chicken, she's just not going for yet. Was it, was it those, uh, was it like the leg, the leg and thigh quarters that you get in those bags, those red bags? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I feed them too. Um, it's possible. That's not, that's not like the best quality chicken either. Obviously it's like probably right. the cheapest stuff you can get. And I, 
that's what I feed my dogs. And it's possible that your dog recognizes that it's not. Yeah. Quality food. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'd be willing to bet that could, that could be it. So there's always, there's that organ or something and they, they can smell it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, um, maybe try it, maybe try to get some like pasture chicken and try that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good idea. Um, I was going to ask the last thing about your dogs and then back to you. How are their teeth? Teeth, teeth are really good. Uh, outside my female dog, she actually has a chumped, uh, a chump. Uh, she has a, a broken front. Uh, I don't know if you call that an incisor. Mm -hmm. uh, one of those long teeth on her front. She actually broke it on something. I'm not sure what she broke it on. Uh, if it was like oh, a, wow. one of the goat heads that I gave her or something, but uh, it's broke about, about a third of it broke off the top, but it seems to be okay. It's not infected or anything, but um, yeah, outside of that, their teeth are, are really good. And I think she just, she learned her lesson on that, I think. And she doesn't chomp down with her front mm -hmm. teeth anymore. She always, she, gr she grinds everything down with her molars now, but uh, I was really surprised about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was asking, cause, um, I, I was talking to a family member or they were talking to me and they were like, yeah, I got to pay like $1,200 to get my dog's teeth brushed. And I was like, what, why don't you just not feed them corn? <laughs> right. I know. I was just <laughs> thinking that the other day I was just, I was just thinking how silly it is to brush your dog's teeth. Like yesterday. <laughs> you know, I was like, come on, you think wolves brush their teeth in nature? That's so silly. Like, oh, you know, right. I don't even use I don't even use toothpaste on my teeth. I haven't used toothpaste in four years. Yeah, and it's it's not necessary when you're not like covering them in sugar every day. Yep. Yep. And or and also eating cooked food is a part of it too, because every time okay. I eat like a cooked steak, I'll get meat stuck in my teeth. But when I eat raw, nothing gets stuck in my teeth ever. Oh, okay. So if someone was thinking about going raw and they were carnivore, um, would you recommend that they just stop eating all cooked food and go to totally raw? Or would you recommend they have, they keep having some cooked and some raw and kind of wean their way over? Well, I think, uh, any raw is better than no raw, but, uh, I, I'm the type of guy that I just like to go all in. I'm mm -hmm. kind of all or nothing. So that's why I just a hundred percent raw. And I never went back outside of the occasional, like, uh, obviously like family dinner or whatever special outing, I'll have like a cooked a rare steak or whatever. But other than that, yeah, I just went all in. Um, and I think it's better that way. Cause I mean, you're just going to expedite your healing and expedite the detox, um, by doing that and, uh, not delay it. But I think you can run into issues when you're mixing like cooked food and raw food in your stomach. I mean, I've heard that. I've never had any issues with it personally. I've had like a cooked steak for lunch and then a raw steak for dinner. And I've never had any stomach issues. So I don't know if there's any proof to that or not. But I think some people may run into issues when you're mixing cooked and raw because you're, you're kind of mixing up different biomes and things like that. So, but it just kind of depends on what kind of person you are, what kind of personality you have, you know, if, it, if you feel uh, apprehensive about it and you, you just want to kind of, um, slowly walk your way into it and that makes you feel better, then that's fine. Some people, they can, um, if they're not used to the flavors and textures that you can just cut up really, really small pieces of raw meat, like as small as you want. And just every day eat a little piece of that. 
and uh, it could basically inoculate your system with good bacteria and eventually get you to start craving it. So it just, mm. just depends on how it just depends on your personality and um, you know how how barbaric you want to get about it. But I just jumped right in personally. Um, and then, would you recommend that someone? Do you think it's okay for somebody to get raw meat from a grocery store and start that way, or would you recommend that they go the extra mile and try to find meat straight from a farmer or um, a butcher? Yeah, like I said, like uh, I've eaten tons of, of supermarket beef and and things like that, so I've never had any issues. Um, I've never eaten supermarket chicken, but I would assume you wouldn't have any issues with that either, because like I said, they all go through the same USDA inspected facilities. Um, but I would recommend if you have the money to obviously invest in like pasture raised food, pasture raised chicken, because uh, ultimately, like the disease that is caused in our body, I think is caused from toxicity in the animal. So it's from what they're fed, medications are given, things like that. Disease, uh, from my understanding, isn't caused by actual bacteria. So the bacteria is there to remove the toxicity. So that's when people have these um, big bacterial reactions. A lot of times it's from toxicity in the body and the bacteria is there trying to clean it out. But they go, they go to the doctor, the doctor says, oh, we found bacteria, it must be the cause of it. But they don't look in actual like chemical poisonings and things like that, that can trigger it. So long story short, um, you're fine with supermarket food. I know people that do it all the time, but if you're looking um, to get the best bang for your buck and the best for your health, then invest the money into 100% grass-fed. Um, even if it's from the store, just get 100% grass-fed and then uh, pasture-raised chicken. All right, cool. Um, so what all do you include in your diet? Um, I eat uh, meat, organs, I'll eat glands. Um, like uh, I've eaten adrenal glands, thyroid glands, thymus glands, um, pancreas, uh, testicle, uh, brain, eyes, um, blood. And, uh, and then I also do raw milk. I do raw cheese, raw and salted cheese. I do some salted cheese too. And then uh, raw and salted butter and a little bit of fruit. I've got a peach for lunch today. I do one fruit per day when it's in season um for a little bit of carbs but it's really just because i like to eat fruit there's really really no nutritional secret there i just like the flavor of it but um and then um what else do i do um let's see i make raw ice cream so i'll make raw ice cream from raw cream and raw milk and raw honey i do a lot of raw honey um sometimes i'll make raw lemonade with its fresh squeezed fresh squeezed lemons and uh, raw raw uh, honey mixed with uh, spring water and other than that, I do spring water for a little bit of, uh, you know, hydration, but most of my hydration comes from the raw meat, the raw milk and the raw eggs and, uh, pretty much it, everything off the animal, you know, eggs and dairy, meat, eggs and dairy, and, uh, just a little bit of fruit. All right, cool. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw the video of the ice cream and I thought that looked pretty cool. I think my kids would really enjoy that. <laughs> oh man. Oh Yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. It'll easily become, yeah, like your favorite food of all time. <laughs> oh, there you are. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so blood. Where are you able to find blood? And, and I, I would assume you're, you're getting it fresh. Yeah, so... Uh, last time I got it recently, I went down to Kentucky and I, um, if you saw those videos I posted on Instagram, 
Uh, we uh, butchered a sheep with my buddy, Derek. So we got all the fresh meat, all the blood, harvest all the blood and everything. So that's where I most recently got blood. Um, but other than that, we actually have a, a live meat market here in Omaha, which is, um, it's what they call a custom exempt slaughter facility. So basically you go there and you purchase the animal. You're not buying meat, you're actually buying an animal and then you pay them to process it for you and then they send it home with you in bags. So you can get every part of the animal. Like I took all the meat home, all the blood home, all the legs, the bones. I even took the fur, the hide, like they give you everything. Wow. I've got to see if they've got something like that here in Georgia. I feel like they would because Georgia seems to be a little bit more lax on some of the, some of the things. Um, but that sounds awesome. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's not, um, I don't think it's like, it's not really up to my standards as far as quality. Cause I don't think it's mm. like hundred percent grass fed or organic and, and they're, they're probably given dewormers and they're probably vaccinated and things like that. But I prefer, I prefer my uh, grass fed beef, which is, you know, not vaccinated, no medications, mm-hmm. no, no nothing. It's just all goes in just, it's all grass. I prefer that, but uh, if I want to get some of the good stuff, I'll go down there to the, to the meat market and get like really fresh meat, really fresh uh, organs and stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, this is a little off topic, but I think I read the other day that you sleep in a Faraday cage. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, I sure do. And, and you made it yourself? Yep. Wow. Um, is there a video on your YouTube of you making it? Yeah, well, I'm not actually making it, but I do have a video on my YouTube of the actual cage, and I kind of go through how I made it, but uh, it's a really super simple design. I mean, it's just basically a box made out of uh, two by fours and four by fours. So okay. you just make a big rectangular box, and then you just drape a window screen over it. Okay. And staple it to the sides. And then make sure you get it on the bottom too. Just all six sides of it have to be covered. And uh, yeah, it gives some pretty incredible sleep. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I can imagine. That sounds that sounds really cool. That sounds like a, a project I should have my kids help me do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, it gets a little tricky if you're not a floor I found that I sleep better on the floor. So it's a lot easier when you sleep on the floor because you can just put down, a, I have like a camping mat. I just sleep yeah. on a little, a little foam mat. Um, but you can do it with a bed too. You know, you can okay. figure out figure out ways how to create like a, like a canopy or something. And if you have a little bit of money to blow on it, then you can actually get the actual uh, silver lined fabric, which actually is a little more aesthetically pleasing and you can create like a canopy mm-hmm. and then drape that silver lined fabric over it, which has the same effects. So it just depends on how rudimentary you want to get with it. My design is like super basic and simple. It's the first thing I ever made. So it's just a wood box with screen on it. It's nothing fancy, okay. but it's functional. It does the trick. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. I, I slept on the floor, I think for a period of like three or four months and I really liked it, you know, towards the end. And, but the reason I stopped is because I felt like it was driving a wedge between like me and my husband, because I'm just sleeping on the floor here beside the bed and he's in the bed and we're like not <laughs> sleeping together. So I was like, okay, I'll get back in the bed 
for now until until I can convince him to sleep on the floor with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. That's yeah. There's all these social issues that can prevent prevent us from doing all the weird things we want to do for sure. Right. So what do your family and friends think about the way you eat in your lifestyle? Um, I mean, they don't think it's really that weird anymore because I've been doing it for so long and they can see that I'm obviously healthy. So yeah. I think it's, I think it's like, it's slowly revealing itself that like, okay, maybe he's right about this. Obviously at first they're like, you know, like, especially the old timers, like my grandpa, you know, he's just like, oh, you're going to, you're going to get sick if you don't eat vegetables, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, I don't think so, man. Like, you know, you gotta, <laughs> it's amazing the things you can learn when you start to tune your body in and start to kind of like, um, look for answers on your own, you know? And it's like, I gotta tell you, like, I haven't eaten vegetables in like, you know, it's like two years at that point. And I was like, I've never felt better. So you would mm -hmm. think if it was that big of a deal, I would feel it by now. So, you know, it just comes down to just, uh, yeah. Old timers like my grandpa, but, but then again, my grandma was, she always likes her steaks rare and she's just like, well, if it works for you, it works for you. She's got kind of that mentality. My mom, she's really super open-minded and, uh, she actually ate a piece of raw meat with me the other day. I got her to snack on a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my cousin, my cousin Cole, he actually stopped by, he lives a few hours away in Iowa, but he was in town one day he stopped by and I got to eat a raw steak and some raw milk with him for dinner. And that was like a really cool experience eating, uh, eating raw meat with other people is like a very unique experience. It's, it's a very, it's very cool, but uh, eating with family is even, even better. But, uh, for the most mm -hmm. part, I mean, it's not, I don't think it was like a huge surprise. Cause like, you know, I guess, um, I've always been a little bit different, I guess, maybe like the black sheep of the family, you could say, you know, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like a big surprise. Yeah. All right. So, You've been doing this for over four years now, and you're eating all of these different cuts and parts of the animal. Is there anything that you're just like, I just can't get down with that. I, I keep trying to eat it, but I just, I can't get used to that. Um, no, 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 I mean, I've eaten everything off the animal from from the eyes down to the testicles. I've even eaten uh, the colon off of a sheep two weeks ago. So yeah, I mean, it's all, once you get into it, you it's all very similar. The organs sometimes have very uh, drastically different flavors, but uh, the craziest thing that I ever did was two weeks ago with Derek, I actually uh, took a little shot of raw bile. Okay. So, it was raw stomach bile and it was like that green fluorescent green yeah. liquid and it came straight out of the, uh, I believe the gallbladder that it came out of, of the animal that we harvested. And, uh, he goes, you're, you're going to want to take a shot. I took a shot of blood to chase it, which is funny. But, um, he said, you're going to want to take a shot of blood after you drink that. Cause it's strong. And I was like, Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I've eaten all this stuff off the animal. But that raw bile was like super intense. It was the most intense thing I've ever eaten in my life. And uh, so I had to take a shot of blood after I chased it down. Okay. But yeah, I would say that's the craziest thing. You got to be careful with adrenal glands too. If you eat too much adrenal gland, I actually threw up after I ate some one time because I think 
of just the adrenaline dump that you get from mm. like so the adrenaline in your stomach can make you make you throw up so you got to be careful with adrenal gland too um but yeah there's things to be careful about but for the most part i'll i'll eat anything for sure wow um yeah i i guess i'm i'm more getting towards that i'll i'll try i'll try anything um like liver was a hard one for me to get used to now i can eat it raw i eat it raw and frozen if i if i have it um but i got to be honest with you when i first found out about carnivore it was it was through i don't know if you know sparage or sphere yeah yeah. And so, you know, he's all about, you know, the raw food, raw diet. And I, I was so tired of being sick, how I was. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going for it. I'm going all in. And I started, I wasn't eating all raw, but I started having like some raw steak and that was good. And then we got some liver. It was calf's liver from, um, uh, local farmer's market. And I don't, I feel like looking back, it's because I was so sick that I didn't have what I needed to, t to digest this properly, but I got salmonella from this liver and I don't know if it was, it wasn't stored properly or, or what, but after that experience, that kind of like turned me off of raw for a while. And I, I continued or yeah, it, and it, it made me not even want to do carnivore for a while. Like it almost took me a whole year to come back to carnivore. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard a few cases of that happening. Um, I've never heard of people getting parasites, but I have heard over the years of people saying that I ate liver and I got sick for like four days. Uh, yeah. I've heard that before from people and I don't know. I don't think we still understand how everything works and what's going on there. There's just mm -hmm. so many variables. It's so hard to figure out and pinpoint and go, Oh, that's because of this. Or that's because of that. It's right. like, what was the animal fed? How was it raised? What kind of medications were it given? How was the meat stored? Um, and then also your own body, what kind what's your microbiome like and what kind of toxicity levels are in your own body? And was the liver just, uh, detoxifying your own body or mm. like what we have no idea what's going on there, but, um, the, the important thing to, to note, I guess, is that uh, I hear about that happening like so rarely and it's never like fatal or anything like that or really like life threatening. So mm -hmm. um, it, but it's so rare that I think it's happening at a percentage rate that is uh, probably even smaller than uh, the percentage rate of people that are getting food poisoning from cooked food. So, oh, yeah. It, you know or what like I mean? like uh vegetables even like I, I know there's a, this big thing with the romaine lettuce and the spinach and you know right. with e coli getting a bunch right. of people sick right right so so when people tell you oh you'll you can never get sick off of raw meat because I, I studied ogenous hunter plants and you said raw meat doesn't make you sick and i'm like that's bs because i ate raw meat for three and a half years and i got sick off of wild venison okay. and and so and i got um, really bad food poisoning two times in a row. I actually tried it again to see if it was just a fluke or what it was. And I got sick twice off of it. So it does happen and it can happen, but, um, I don't think it's a coincidence that, um, it was from an animal that was basically here in the Midwest. We have a lot of glyphosate fields and, uh, it's basically mm -hmm. on, on Santa land. 
So the, the deer here, the wild deer, they graze these uh, crops and they eat a lot of pesticide, uh, corn and soy and things like that. So that may have something to do with it. Um, you know, it was like the one time that I strayed off of my 100% grass-fed diet and I went on to a wild animal that was eating these crops. So I'm still trying to figure it out. I'll probably never know what caused it, but it could have been how he actually stored the animal because mm. uh, from what I know, he killed the animal and then just put it in his truck for like two days and then brought it to our shop and then we butchered it. I helped him butcher it and everything. So, um, yeah, it does happen. It can't happen. It's obviously like really rare. Like I said, I got sick one time off of venison and it was, uh, after eating, um, I don't know, 3000 pounds of raw meat. So mm -hmm. whatever the percentage rate that is like 0.001%, like, you know, it does happen, but, uh, lasted four or five hours and it was done. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is, there, there should be a little bit of caution for some things, I guess. Um, what is your favorite food? If you're going to splurge a little bit, uh, it's like your birthday. What are you having? Um, let's see for raw. I would probably go, I could probably eat a hundred raw oysters. If it was my birthday, I would just eat like a hundred dollars worth of raw oysters. That's my favorite. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. I, I am yet to try raw oysters, but it's on my list next time we're near the coast. I think I'm, I'm going to, or, or at a really nice restaurant. I'm, I think I'm going to get some oysters. I'm finally going to do it. You have to, it's the best. All right. So you just slurp it down. No chewing. Yeah. Yeah. Basically just a little, maybe a little chew with your tongue, kind of squish it around a little uh -huh. bit. Follow. It's super good. It's got that nice salty ocean water with it. It's okay. so good. Yeah. Very okay. good. Um, okay. And then you mentioned that you have uh, really good energy, um, energy, like never before eating the way you do now. Um, you haven't, you haven't been sick. Um, what other benefits are you, have you, have you gotten from this way of eating? Um, yeah, it's, it's mostly like the most beneficial one that I've noticed is, uh, my mood, my moods have been stabilized and uh, I have like a mental clarity that I've never had before. So that's, what's mm -hmm. most important me is like a stabilized mood and mental clarity before I was my mood was all over the place like I was a total mess uh way different than I am today so yeah that's uh that's a big thing mental clarity yeah obviously my energy is good um and yeah I just kind of have like a peace uh that I never had before you know and I don't know if mm -hmm. that's because uh part of that's because I'm getting more nutrients in my body and my brain and the other part of it maybe is that, uh, I'm basically only eating like, uh, natural animals, like natural pasture raised, like happy animals, you know, cause mm -hmm. there's, uh, some people believe, and I tend to believe this too, that you take on the energy of the food that you eat. So if you're eating, uh, an animal that was raised in terrible conditions and it lived a painful life and suffered its whole life, then you're going to actually take in that suffering. So I think that's part of it too, is I just stopped eating like all of those, uh, you know, factory farmed animals. And I just started eating grass fed beef and mm. it kind of grounded me and just brought me this like, you know, peace or whatever you want to call it. Wow. Um, do you work out? Um, I'm sort of off and on about that. I don't have a regular routine, but, uh, okay. I stay, 
physically strong without it. But uh, I go in spurts. Like I was doing push-ups for the last like four months, and then I actually lifted weights like twice yeah. this. Week. So I just go, but I don't push myself anymore. Okay. I don't, I don't push okay. myself. Yeah, because I was gonna say it looks like you have good muscle tone, like someone who is working out all the time. But I think definitely the way you eat is helping you to maintain that, even if you're not super regimented yeah yeah it's all about balance like being strong is really all about i think living a balanced life and uh i have a job where i work in a shop so i'm on my feet all day so i'm never sitting down at a desk i'm never looking mm -hmm. at a computer um and i chose that out specifically for that reason i've been offered uh sales jobs and desk jobs and i just i refuse it because i want to be on my feet working with my hands and uh, i'm lifting like heavy doors and things like that so um I'm getting like a workout, like almost like, you know, like, like a farmer would like work in the fields and just kind of lifting up his equipment and doing stuff during the day. So I think that's how I get like, you know, my tone down and, uh, and yeah, I think the meat also put a lot of muscle on my upper body too. Mm -hmm. So, but a lot of it is, uh, like it's mostly genetics, honestly. Like I don't, I'm, I'm straight up with people and I'm like, if you eat raw meat, like you're not going to, you're, you're probably not going to get as big and then strong as I am just because you're eating raw meat like <laughs> my dad was like a really strong big guy so therefore okay. I had those natural genetics and so it's really easy for me to just put on muscle yeah yeah definitely genetics play a big role and it's good you said that because I don't want some poor little guy watching this and like <laughs> yeah. you know thinking <laughs> yeah thinking things are going to happen for him that that are probably not um <laughs> Okay. So I have one last question for you. What advice would you give to someone, um, just starting out on a raw meat diet or what's something you wish you knew when you first started this journey? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I would say, um, number one thing is never get stuck on, uh, following just one, uh, guru, one nutrition guru. A lot of people love to do that. They find someone that they really. To diversify your uh, sources of knowledge that you're, you know, getting about food and follow multiple people. Um, and uh, the other thing I would say is uh, start getting in tune with your body and following your cravings rather than listening to what someone else is telling you what you should eat. So at first, uh, you may, your cravings may be imbalanced because you've eaten junk food your whole life and you may not know exactly what you need. So you might need a little help uh, from the nutrition guru or whatever to kind of tell you how to start out. But uh, I would say as quickly as possible, get away from that and start to just learn, um, just figure out kind of what you want to eat and what, what makes you hungry and what makes you salivate and, and just eat that. And uh, the other thing is, is like, don't, don't, um, don't be afraid to binge on foods when it comes to healthy foods because your body may really need something from that food, like some nutrient from it. And you may want to eat a whole lot of it at a time. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I know people that including myself when we first got raw milk ever, we drank like a gallon the first day, you know, like things like that. Um, so people do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and when it comes to um, like, uh, you know, if you want to get into fruits and berries and things like that, there's nothing wrong with eating like a whole bunch of berries at one time and then just not eating any for like weeks because that's kind of how we would have done if we were foraging 
So it's just certain, like, I would say, I was really against this for a long time, but people would say you shouldn't be dogmatic. Don't be dogmatic. And I always hated when people said that. And now I know why I hated when people said that is because they're right. And I hadn't seen it yet, but they're totally right. You know, you should not be dogmatic about things. And life is all about balance. And everybody just wants to take one extreme or the other. And uh, I think it's all about balance. And it's all about just, uh, you know, finding the middle ground and seeing what works for you, but learning to um, figure out what's good for you based on your own senses, you know, get your taste senses, your smell senses, your, your body intuitions lined up and you should be able to figure out what you want to eat from there. Absolutely. That's, that's a great piece of advice. Um, Weston, this has been such a wonderful interview. It's really been a delight. Um, everybody, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but you can find Weston on Instagram at the real natural human diet and on YouTube at the natural human diet. Yep. Yep. Yes, you can. And I post, uh, most frequently to Instagram, but I'm starting to do more YouTube again too. I kind of bounce back and forth. Uh, the longer videos I can't put on Instagram, I'll put on YouTube and kind of vice versa. So you can find me on both of those. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, Weston, you have a great, or Wes, are you, am I calling you Weston and you go by Wes? Have I been doing that this whole time? Yeah, you can call me both. It's, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cause I just saw your name pop up in the corner and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, that's, <laughs> no yeah weston's weston's my actual name that works okay okay all right well it has been so so nice talking to you and you have a great rest of your day okay let's see um and yeah i'll i'll talk to you later this, it'd be great to do this again sometime sure anytime just reach out to me that's it for today until next time stay meaty stay strong and stay inspired do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I would love to interview you. And the world needs to hear your story and how meat heals. Thanks so much for watching and all your support. Bye-bye till next time.